Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Free, integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Show 68, Tracking Down Herbalism with Anna Bradley. Although many of our ancestors use herbal medicine daily, often as an of course, most of us didn't grow up in herbal households. Despite that, we can recover the wisdom and ways of our ancestors in modern lives. Today we're talking with Anna Bradley, clinical herbalist and co-founder of Whole Earth Nature School, about tracking down your ancestral herbal path. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And And welcome welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. (laughs) Welcome, Anna. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to have you here. Yeah, we uh, we've been looking at your website, Feral Botanicals, mm-hmm. reading all your blog posts and looking at the adorable videos. Your son, you and your son Jasper, and you guys just having a good time in the woods. And you're you're pretty good in this one about kind of giving people an idea about your own journey into herbalism. But I wonder if you could give us a little more of a like tell us tell us your what you're doing right now and then tell us how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate being on here, so thank you. Hey. Um as of right now, I am spending a lot of my time as a development director of Whole Earth Nature School. So I'm I'm doing grant writing and volunteerism mm-hmm. and fundraising for that but um, it's like everything that doesn't look like herbalism exactly although it's a key piece to actually sustaining an herbal practice it's very true it's, it's very the true adult part of it's it. the adulting mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah but on on the times when i'm not doing that which i'm only doing 30 weeks and taking care of my almost two-year-old so that's mm-hmm. kind of nice that's a handful it is a handful mm-hmm. several handfuls <laughs> several handfuls yeah. yes mm-hmm. but i i do take um clients on the side for for clinical herbalism and I teach here and there courses. For instance, next weekend, I am teaching a class on stinging nettle at Doris Ranch. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I have taught about herbalism and, uh-huh. and yeah, nettle there for years ago. For years, yeah. Doris yeah. Ranch is a great spot. It has a lot of stinging nettle out it there. Does. It's it really does. It's really nice. Yeah. It does. So even though it's kind of a funny time of year, because it's not really a time of year to, to be harvesting for medicine or food, but I'm going to focus more on like, Cordage. And it's a good time for mm -hmm. if you want to actually make your own yarn. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm continually doing things like that. This last spring, I did a whole term at a local charter school called the Village School, and I worked with seventh and eighth graders on herbalism and plant wild foods. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Because I know having homeschooled a seventh Mm -hmm. and now ninth grader, they're horrible. I love them, but they're horrible. They they can be, (laughs) but it's a fun age group because they're old enough where you can push them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, and have some sass with them. That and, is true. And yeah. that they respect you if you, yeah. you know, toe the line. So yeah. yeah, the biggest problem I think I really had a challenge was that they mm-hmm. would forget stuff. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. They're like I unfocused. I told you that five minutes ago. Yes. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> Completely unfocused. But that's yeah. part of the fun, I guess. Yeah. So I love continuing to do this work through teaching others and also taking care of my family with medicines. Um nice. At home, so I had to do. I'm actually taking a herbal first aid course in Portland the weekend after next. Ooh, oh, nice! Yeah, so that's Who's gonna be really fun. That? I don't remember her name. No, oh, probably. I don't. I've never met her before, person. so I don't know it's her. Just a uh, even nice. out on limbs says, oh, "I'm going to take this." Yeah, well, it's at the NCNM. 
oh, um, college okay. or whatever it's called now. Yeah. Yeah. So it is called something different It's, it's now. new now. It's the Portland Naturopathic Physician College. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what, if it's called that. Right. I just called it that. Those were adjectives of my of your own Asian. making, yes. Well, they sounded <laughs> absolutely the legit. Name. Yes. Yeah. Not the official name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you weren't great. always. I mean, you don't come from an herbal family. It wasn't like no. you grew up steeped mm-hmm. in herbalism, so this was a super easy thing that you were, right. of course, going to do. How did you end up on this path? Well, it all started <laughs> when well, I grew up in Eastern Oregon in a town called Baker City, and out there, uh, it's a different world. It's a booming metropolis. Oh, yeah. It's a booming metropolis. <laughs> I was just there this past 10 days. So I, I got to spend some good 10 days over there. And it's it's a very small town, a cow town, you might call it. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in, in town in an old 1800s house. And um, I watched my mom and dad garden. My mom was did all the flower gardening. My dad did all the vegetable gardening. gardening. And we did spend a lot of time outdoors, whether we were just hiking or being out there. But I always had some sort of kinship with nature and definitely it was perpetuated by my parents who they also saw how important it was to be in nature. So we always went out on hikes on the weekends and went wood cutting because we had a wood stove and um, any chance I got, I was outside and I wanted to be an archeologist. So I spent a lot of time in our dump in the backyard <laughs> digging <laughs> up old, old stuff from, from the 1800s back there. Nice. So, um, you know, my, my grandmother is from England and she, she also was a gardener. So she did English gardens and then my mom got that green thumb. And, um, at the time I wasn't interested in plants. However, I always had this want to run away and live with the wolves, run away and nice. use plants for medicine and food. I had this idea, but I didn't know you could do it. Yeah. And so the only way I thought I could do it was go into archaeology. Because I was really interested in history and ancestral skills and um, Native American, you know, things like that. And so I went to school at U of O and got my degree in archaeology. And um, it wasn't until my senior year that I was working at Coldstone Creamery. (laughs) And I met what turned out to be my future husband. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And he, we connected because he found out I was doing flint napping, um, making arrowheads in in archaeology class. And he happened to be a student of Tom Brown Jr., who um, does a tracker school over in New Jersey. He's a world-renowned tracker mm-hmm. and does ancestral living skills. Nice. And we hit it off. And once we started hitting it off, he started giving me these books and materials of Tom Brown. And I realized, oh, my gosh, there's mm-hmm. another world that I actually can do. Instead of just digging up old things, I can actually live this world. And this is what I've always been called to. And it, it took a couple years until – I realized that I can't even tell you the moment it happened. But the first time I got introduced to herbs was at a Tom Brown class, a standard class in California. And a woman named Karen Sherwood, she has a school up in Washington State, did the plant walk. And the very first plant I learned was plantain. I remember that clearly. You know, wow, that's really cool. She did this really neat story about how this woman hiking has gotten blood poisoning and they had to get her in town because they're miles out and they found a patch of plantain and kept adding poultices to her until by the time they got to the hospital, the red line was already gone. Wow. Nice. And I was just fascinated by That's that. drawing power mm-hmm. right there. Drawing power. Mm-hmm. It took another year, year and a half when I started getting connected with um, John Gallagher's work with um, Herb Mentor and learn- Learning Herbs that I started while working um, at an office job, mm-hmm. wanting just to absorb myself in that every day. Right. And that's, it just hit me. 
yeah. out of nowhere and I suddenly was obsessed nice. with herbs. Yeah. So there's a lot of difference in mentality when you approach herbs from a survivalist standpoint mm-hmm. as opposed to a traditional herbalist standpoint. Yeah. Well, how did you marry those two? How did you navigate that? Because <laughs> I'm assuming the tracker school would have been much more survivalist mm-hmm. mentality or style. It's actually not. Oh, really? It's surprising. The, yeah. the idea behind the tracker school and ancestral living skills, at least from the way that I've been taught, is that you're learning to live, not just to survive. Right. And so learning these skills, yeah, it's great to know what to do, what plant to take in case something's happening while you're in the woods. But it's really about immersing yourself so and so much in nature that all you need is to walk out naked into the woods and you have everything you need. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a lot of what we teach at Whole Earth Nature School is, is trying to get kids and, and adults reconnected in a way where they're not apart from but part of and and one way to do that is is through plants because you use plants for almost every need that you have including fire including clothing including food and all those elements of it and that's how i blend it together and that's why that's my true passion there is to understand all the plants that are around us and and understand the cultural history of the plants in our area for instance Mm -hmm. what what did the native kalapuya or the you you know all the the tribal people that are here, what did they use these plants for and how can I gain that knowledge and um, really honor the plants for how the people who were once here use them. And so when I do modern herbalism, it is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times you're using herbs that aren't local. Right. A lot of times you're using herbs that are maybe even Chinese herbs or, you know, across the world mm-hmm. and it has its place. But I, I always find that if I'm using an herb that's local, there's more power to it. Yeah. Um, especially if you are rooted here and from here. There's something to that. So what are the plants that you use the most with that pioneering mm-hmm. spirit that you're talking about? I Well, you know, I, I don't like to be the person who says non-native plants are bad. Mm-hmm. I embrace anything that grows here. Um but I also really appreciate the native plants that are here. Um, I use organ grape a lot, Ceanothus. Um, but then also the non-natives like plantain or yellow dock or, you know, I'm always, I, I'm, I always wonder about yarrow because hmm. like on one hand, yarrow is European, but on another, I always see references to yarrow being native. Mm-hmm. So I'm always confused about that one, but yarrow well, is a great one. You know, the, there are a lot of birds that migrate uh-huh. across from Asia to here, mm-hmm. from Europe to here, mm-hmm. to our continent, to South America, and then up from South. So when people start talking about native plants, mm-hmm. I'm always somewhat skeptical because mm-hmm. technically speaking, the things they're calling native, a lot of them aren't actually native Not because native. they came from another continent. And the continents were, you know, originally all Origin one. Right. So I'm kind of like, well, if it grows on the earth, then it's native. It is native. It's not like they're Pokemon but. eggs. You know, they don't just like magically appear. They they uh, they come they from do. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, they're carried here. Yeah. Not always by humans. That's but true. They're still carried Absolutely. here. Yeah. One thing, I can't remember who it was that told me. I think it might have been a Native American elder was talking about the, the power of a place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, basically everything migrated, yeah. even if it's not on walking on two feet, but right. over time it's created an environment and an energy with its place. 
and connected in with the microbes under the ground and all those things and connected in with the cultural people of that area. And, and that's where the power comes from where, you know, the energy of it. And so a lot of these plants that are newer to our areas, like plantain and things like that, um, they're just starting the the new process of, of being in this place. And so it's interesting to watch those plants and see what they do and, and how they interact with, with the people that are here now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that uh, having gone to a, this, uh, I don't think it was a big dinosaur thing at OMSI, which is the uh, Science for Kids Museum up mm-hmm. in Portland. They had a giant fossilized piece of a bog from China. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in it, they had a Sudasunga, which is our, our Douglas fir. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was right there. It's mm-hmm. a fossil there. And like, oh, wow. that was a, that was like a plant that was there, you know, millennia ago and isn't there now. And well, except that it's now being planted again. Right. Yeah. So that that's it, yeah. it's not native. Yeah. It was native, but it's not native. It's and not now, native. It's now it's native. Again. Native again. Whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. So how are you introducing this to kids? Well, um, how are you introducing this to your little kid? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you have a little one. Yeah. I do, and that's where it starts. It isn't is. It? Well, it's funny. Just last week, when I was over in Baker, we went outside to my dad's garden, and I saw some common mallow growing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the time of year when it fruits with his cheese wheels, and so mm-hmm. I decided just to show Jasper the cheese wheels and. He's not interested in much anything that's green at this mm-hmm. point, even though I try. Yeah. But but I bent down and kind of showed it to him, explained, you know, this is a plant that you can eat, and you have to ask Mama before you ever put any plant in your mouth, anything in your mouth, whatever it is, yeah. Legos, yep. yes, yeah. or your nose, right, anything. yes, or ear or eye, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, kids, yep. And so I, I tried to explain as best as I could that, you know, you have to ask before you put it in your mouth, but this is okay. This is good. You can eat this. Mm-hmm. And I showed him I ate a cheese wheel and then I picked another one. I gave it to him and he put it in his mouth and he ate it. Nice. And then I gave him another one and he ate it. And so I was continually making sure they understood that this is okay to eat. And I tried to get him to ask, is it okay? You know, right. Right. Which – He's pretty stubborn, but yeah. I, I figured he kind of understood what I was getting at. Yeah. But So let's back up a little bit. Yeah. For people that don't know what a cheese wheel yeah. is or even mallow, can you mm-hmm. explain that, please? Yep. Uh, mallow is in the Malvaceae um, family, and it's part of the hibiscus or marshmallow, hollyhock, um, rose of Sharon. All those plants are in this, a similar family. And what a lot of them share is that their leaves are very mucilage Mucilaginous, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, mean they're gooey and they have a lot of great things that are very good for um, hot, swollen tissues inside and out. And um, and as far as I know, the majority of the family is completely edible and all um, medicinals as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And so this common mallow is not a quote-unquote native species and it grows in a lot of people's gardens and a lot of people – dislike it um even though it's a great food and medicine plant right because mm-hmm. now it used to be a nice little garden plant mm-hmm. and now it's mm-hmm. not a trend anymore it's People not a see trend. it as a well, weed it's probably kind yeah. of like the morning glory that it yes. sort of tends to take over the area it's in and not let mm-hmm. others grow. it's not as bad mm-hmm. as more um, bad not yeah. as it's aggressive aggressive, aggressive. as morning glory there yeah. we go. um <laughs> it's fairly easy to pull out if you want to but like morning glory mm-hmm. like morning and glory. like morning glory yeah. 
Um, but this plant is actually, you can, out of the, the fruits I was talking to you about the cheese wheel, you can make marshmallows out of them. Yeah, I imagine that's where the actual real mm-hmm. confection actually comes mm-hmm. from. So it's called a cheese wheel, mm-hmm. not because it's full of cheese. No, it looks like a cheese wheel. Right. It, looks it looks like looks one of those like old-fashioned round. big round cheese wheels. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And it's about the size of... Of a pea, a but pea. they're flat, you know, kind of flat and round like a... They're perfect to stick up a nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. easy. One on each side. Very easy You've to pick up a You've probably tried, right, Sue? I'm not going to say that over the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, let your imagination wander. <laughs> So it's very, very tasty. Actually, it's not, it's not bitter. It's not astringent. Really, it's fairly mild fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, easy, to just pop in your mouth and eat up. Nice. And um, yeah, yeah. You introduced the the cheese wheel concept to me when I took that herb walk oh, with you. Yes, like, like three years, years ago. Three, it was like three really, years ago. Really, it was when I was first ago, pregnant. You would, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah, yeah so the time true. just flies. It does fly. Oh. Yeah. That's many gray hairs ago. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. I was very excited about that. Yes. And you also focused on during that plant walk. The first thing I think you picked up was wild carrot. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. And I, I've always looked at that. I know that's a nice medicine, but mm-hmm. I've never taught it on a herb walk because I thought, oh, gosh, you know, mm-hmm. people aren't going to be able to mm-hmm. distinguish between that and some of the yes. – the uh, non-poisonous, mm-hmm. poisonous, non-poisonous ones. But you plowed right into that one. Well, that's one I, I actually like to teach because it, it is a perfect example of a hazardous plant that is look like, or uh-huh. the plant itself isn't hazardous, but it looks like poison hemlock right. mm-hmm. in a lot of instances. And so I purposely teach it because it's a, a prime example of you have to know what you're picking. Mm-hmm. And, and if it scares some people, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Especially if I'm scaring kids, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know, and and we in our programs we never eat um, um, APAC or umble type family parsley mm-hmm. family plants because you don't know if one of the instructors that we have really don't know the difference, right? And you yeah. don't want the kids to get it mixed up. So we we show that to them. We explain like, hey, this is a plant you could eat this, but here's why you shouldn't. And, and we, we don't put on kick gloves. We really explain like this plant over here could kill you with one bite. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, we're mm-hmm. completely serious. Unpleasantly. And that's kind yeah, of violently. Of, that's mm-hmm. kind of that survival mm-hmm. school mentality coming mm-hmm. out. Cause the survival people, the preparedness people, they are really intense. They, yes. They're they really very intense, intense people. Yes. Yeah. And they need to be. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've been on mm-hmm. uh, survival mm-hmm. things. What would you would tell me what, what was it that you did? I, I was on the search and rescue, search and rescue team with yeah. Wayne County for a while. Yeah. yeah. So you've been out there, mm-hmm. you know, doing that. Yeah. How long were you doing that? Um, four-ish years. Four-ish years. Yeah. I stopped when I got pregnant. Yeah. Go um, figure. Yeah. It's hard to jump through the woods and, you know, carry a pack. Uh, yeah. pack a pack and yeah. mm-hmm. potentially people out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was that like and how did you get involved in that? I don't really remember. I think our business partner was like, hey, we should do this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so to, okay. Yeah. Well, you have to take a course and, and right. pass a test yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we felt like we had a lot of offer in terms of nature awareness and tracking right. and being in the woods and, you know, just basic survival. And a lot of what we ended up doing was like trainings, you know, nice. um, doing teaching, people. teaching the search and rescuers themselves mm, of how to open sense. their awareness and doing games and those kind of things. And then 
as much as we could doing tracking and other stuff like that. And there is an overnight element to search and rescue. After the class is over the last night, you do a mock search in the rain at night and they have to make shelters. And that's what, you know, we teach debris huts and that's what they make. And, you know, we had to show how to do a fire with using, you know, just what we had in our pack. So Sounds like fun. It's a lot of fun. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Sue's raising her eyebrow. She's like, yeah, y'all are crazy. <laughs> no, that would be fun. If I, you know, 20 years ago, I would have completely done that. Yeah. Right. Now I'm just all excited. Look, I got up off the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all-volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and, of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at Occupy-Medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So if someone's looking for – they want to reconnect with their own Mm -hmm. ancestral – heritage, mm-hmm. if you will, and come from a family like yours or mm-hmm. mine where the last few generations, not so much so yeah. with understanding mm-hmm. nature, what would, would you recommend for them? Mm. How do you find, how do you find that? How do you reconnect, especially as a person of European descent living right. in America where yeah, we're not, we're often considered outsiders, right? not native. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I turn to what I know and, and the experiences I've had and it's, it's definitely finding a, a school or a program or a person who has experience in, in ancestral living skills. So, for instance, a lot of times if I see a person has an interest and if they can't you know, work through us directly or if they're an adult because we do mostly kid programs, I will tell them about the tracker school mm-hmm. and, and get them acquainted with that or, or tell them about some of Tom Brown's books um, because he has a whole a, a lot of books. Um, that are field guides, but also stories that mm-hmm. go really in depth into things. Um, that's a good way of learning through the stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and, and keep yeah. that. Yes, and that's a huge part of of ancestral living skills is is storytelling, yeah. and and finding someone who just who even if they um, are much like the person themselves, but they've had a lot of experiences in nature, an elder, mm-hmm. finding an elder who can kind of get him acquainted with with nature, and it doesn't. To me anymore, it doesn't really matter what your bloodline is mm-hmm. as much as where your heart is. And and if you sit down and connect with nature right where you are, you're going to find so many lessons and so many teachings right there. But it helps to have somebody to to guide you because it's really hard to do it on your own. And I've you know a lot of what I do is on my own work because we don't have the elders anymore. There many are dead, mm-hmm. many are hard to find. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of their stories were not saved. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And another school is Wilderness Awareness School, which is up in Washington State. And they do like a nine month immersion program for adults, which Whoa. is what our business business partner did to learn how to do nature mentoring and, wow. and what they call coyote mentoring. And um, John Young is the founder of that. And he was Tom Brown's first mentee. Mm. And it's kind of funny because all these guys are white men mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. but they the school what they do is they find native elders it doesn't matter if they're native american elders they have like an african elder and things like that where mm-hmm. where you have somebody who can hold that fire who can hold the the memories you right. know the north um and it 
the person who's looking for this, it's important that they, they are able to find that because otherwise um, they're not going to have someone to really mentor them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Let's again, it's hard to do it on your own, but you can, you can start with books. You can start with having a sit spot outside and going outdoor outdoors every day, even for five minutes and just being sit spot, sit. just sitting yourself down somewhere outside. It could be just right outside your window of your house. Yeah. Right but in the middle of the urban, right in the middle of the urban forest. Got. Yep. Do you have to contact soil or what if you live in the urban jungle yeah. where it is really concrete? Yeah. It could be Everywhere. messy, right? Just be messy. Yeah, you could be on the back porch <laughs> looking out over a tree because there's, there's nature yeah. everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you'll start learning the birds. You'll start learning the plants that are around you. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect way to start is to learn what is around you and and becoming acquainted with with the beings that, are, that you walk by every day that you don't even notice. Mm-hmm. Those birds, they remember you. Oh yeah, they they're pay not a lot of attention. Yeah, they're they're individuals just like you are, mm-hmm. but people don't think of birds in that way or other animals because they have habits just like we do. They have, they are in the same spot or same area every every day as much as you are because they live right there. They have community. They have family. Mm-hmm. They have friendships. They, they have, have the same, mm-hmm. and they have the same needs. Yep. They want to have shelter. They want to have food. They want to raise their young ones. Yeah. Yep, same stuff we do. Yep, mm-hmm. but in our modern society, we don't see value. Or we don't have a need to connect in that way because we're not reliant on getting our food and our shelter from from the from directly from the earth, right. as you would living as hunter gatherers, for instance. Right. So it's 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 ignored, and then we're sucked into technology, and mm-hmm. we're sucked into our heads, and we don't have the tools anymore to deal with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a whole a whole thing, but. Is that what you find when you work with clients is a lot of their problem is they're, they're just completely disconnected? That's what I find with most people I talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless they've worked really hard and found avenues like programs or workshops and things like that to to broaden their horizons and to open up their awareness. Um, a lot of things what John Young does is, is cultural repair. That's mm-hmm. one of his, his – does this cultural design institute down in California. What's that mean? It, it it gets people to reconnect through nature, but to to create culture again, to create community again, to create stories, um, so that we're not so disconnected from our environment, from each other, from our own selves. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah, I've never been down there. What he does, but he has a lot of really great um, CDs and and um, talks where he, he's an incredible storyteller. And he motivates you into thinking new ways and thinking about the birds in a new way and thinking about your environment in a new way. And all this is, is completely related to plants um, because it's an, an amazing doorway for people because plant study is easy because it doesn't run away from you. Right. It right. is. It is. And it's abundantly available. It's abund- especially in our area, it's abundantly available. Yeah. But even, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're living in a city like San Francisco, you can mm-hmm. still find... Oh, there's coyotes in San Francisco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere. It's still there. You yeah. probably have a fox in your backyard that you've never even known. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, the issue of connection came up in a kind of impactful way for me last Sundays. We just kept working with client after client mm-hmm. of young unhoused for some reason it was fellas mm-hmm. and young fellas and they were what joined them together is that they were all coming off of heroin and yep. meth and or both whatever yep. and they other than they're dealing with you know now that now they f- are feeling pain and now they're feeling the cravings and dealing with that but the thing i didn't 
I didn't really have an answer for is they were aware of how disconnected they were to family yeah. and friends. Yes. And yes. all of that addiction was, was taking the mm-hmm. place of that connection. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't, I knew that was a, one of the biggest needs they really had. And other than listening and giving them a hug, I didn't, I feel like I didn't have anything. Yeah. yeah it's sad. Offer. I mean, because of that disconnection that our mm-hmm. culture has with our environment, it would be perhaps hard for them to understand or to, you know, if you said, well, you know, the crows that you're seeing every day, you know, right in your, wherever you're living mm-hmm. unhoused, right. you, know, yeah. you see them every day. You see squirrels, you see neutrinos or yeah. rats or, you know, the animals, they are your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have them. They're survivors. Mm-hmm. They are strong. They are mm-hmm. amazing creatures. Even the ones that are reviled by society are Mm -hmm. amazing strong Mm -hmm. wise creatures start your family there yeah definitely if you you can't face your human family for any reason you know maybe they're jerks maybe they're horrible maybe they're abusive Mm -hmm. maybe they're just on the other side of the country maybe Mm -hmm. you disowned each other whatever start with the family that's there and Mm -hmm. if the animals you can't connect with them because they move too much and that's too scary the trees the plants Mm -hmm. the dandelions growing up in the cracks Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I mean, they all share commonality, mm-hmm. common. So the dandelion on this corner is connected to the dandelion three blocks over. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you see them, you can greet them as a family member, as one who you care about, and that can begin to open that door. And know that they could sustain you and save your life mm-hmm. for whatever yeah. reason. Exactly. I always thought it would be nice to teach a uh, outdoor survival class just to yeah. unhoused people. Yeah, we talked about that actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we, we, we did. broached that subject, but I don't know how that's going to work. But. I don't know. Things things show up. Yeah. Though, how did you end up at Occupy Medical? I have to ask that question. I think. Well, I was working with Mountain Rose Herbs for about three and a half years, mm-hmm. and um, gosh, I'm trying to remember now. I think Mason was talking about it, mm-hmm. and. Mason like, is Mason. the fellow that does Herb Rally. Yes, yes. For folks yes. Mm-hmm. and he works at Mountain Rose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was talking about it, and I think I peripherally knew maybe from Howie Brownstein because he's my teacher um, about it. And I was like, "Wait, why am I not involved with this?" Because I have I've always had an interesting passion for for you know street medicine and working in, in that kind of realm. And I also I'm very excited about first aid. Um, this is a big one for me. And so I tried figuring out how to get a hold of you through Mason, and that's how it worked. And just, here you are. And here oh, you yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like you just showed up one day. Mm-hmm. On my end, that's mm-hmm. what it always kind yeah, of Yeah, I, I like. seeked yeah. you out. Yeah. 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 Oh. He's like, you need to get a hold of Sue. You're, I'm like, Sue, Sue, you're sought after. I'm mm-hmm. sought after. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean, honestly – at least in this town, anywhere you go, you talk to anyone who has knows how to spell the word word herb, mm-hmm. and you say, "Oh yeah, Sue Sierra Lupe is my you know." Mm-hmm. Oh, we know Sue. She's mm-hmm. so great. Everybody mm-hmm. knows you. Rhymes so. are working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how long have you been with Occupy Medical? Since I guess probably 2014, 13. Mm-hmm. It's like two, three years. I think it's been three years. That Was your little one born yet? No, no, he, so no. He's two, right? He's almost two in January. Okay, because she so was at least two years squishing her way through that. Definitely two years. Bus while yeah. pregnant. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Maybe like two and a half years. Yeah. So, 
So in your downtime, you're mm-hmm. going and helping at Occupy Medical. Mm-hmm. Your day job is filled with herbs and teaching and clinical mm-hmm. herbalism. What about your other hobby times? Because mm-hmm. you're a singer, right? Mm-hmm. Singer, songwriter. Yeah. And herbalism infuses that too a bit, doesn't it? It does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see where this is going. Uh, um. <laughs> no, I was not setting you up. Sue was about Sue to was set setting you up. up. She was getting ready for that. I wanted to hear about how herbalism inspires your music. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and maybe you would like to share a song with us. <laughs> well, um, I find I don't tend to write songs specifically about plants not yet, though I would love to do like songs that are like, hey, let's learn about this plant. And I, you know, get this catchy song in your head and you learn about a plant. Like a camp but, song. Yeah, like a uh-huh. camp song. But I haven't really done that. But I find that when I'm writing like a personal song that's more about my life, um, it tends to just kind of get infused into it nice. somehow. Plants the plants this. or... Nature um, in general. Yeah, nature in general. I have a song about... Um, Good life is a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of my songs definitely have a nature bent, and a lot of them have little, you know, inf- like I said, infusions of, of plants in there. Um, there is a song that I wrote kind of inspired by... I kind of... It was years ago. I wrote it maybe six or seven years ago, and... I kind of had an idea of sort of like a lullaby-ish song that I would like oh. maybe sing to my child one day. Oh, sweet. And um, it was kind of inspired by my grandma. I have a a picture of her. Actually, the, the blog I sent you, Sue, mm-hmm. with the lilac blog is my, my grandma Vera, who's English. She was born in London in 1914. And she definitely had you know a green thumb. And there's this beautiful picture of her holding lilacs. But um, I've always had infinity lavender. And um, it's a song I I actually changed the name. I first called it French Lavender and then I changed it to Sleep of Plants because mm-hmm. I love the term. And apparently what Sleep of Plants is is, is uh, plants that are open during the day and close at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they call jasmine. it the Sleep of Plants. Yeah, Like Jasmine is mm-hmm. one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. And some go the other way. Well, yeah. yeah Moonflower. Exactly. Or, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I'd be happy to see if I can't sing a, a Verse, oh, enjoy. maybe the chorus like of that. it. Let's see if I can remember it. I usually do it with guitar. Let's see if I can even sing right now with. Well, Go, yeah. Well, if she needs a guitar, you have a guitar. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. You have a guitar. Go out and find a yeah. guitar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can just do it off the Let's see if I can remember <clears throat> without cracking. Um, French lavender, you call me. French lavender, you soothe our souls. You help me and heal me and cure my burns, I always know, always know, always know. Keep me well, you keep us now. It's beautiful. That's great. It was a little on the low side, but yeah. Thank you so much. So where might one find your music if one wanted to? Yeah, I have a, a Reverb Nation account. 
Reverb Nation. Yeah, it's not the best thing in the world, but it's the one I found. What um, is Reverb Nation? It's where like artists like a, can put up their music and have yeah. a profile. Oh, we'll have a mm-hmm. link available for yeah. that on the show notes. All right. Yeah, so, and I do have a recording of that song. Lovely. Mm-hmm. That is nice. Lovely. So how would you describe your musical style for mm-hmm. folks? Folk music? Yeah, very folky, folky. acoustic kind nice. of. Um, I grew up, my mom's a musician, so I grew up in a very musical household. My sister plays fiddle and we all sing and I grew up in choirs and musical theater and um, been singing my whole life. And it's a big <laughs> part of my life. It's it's music and theater is where I first felt that, you know, when you're in an element where you feel completely open and like on, like yeah. you're just like connected in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got your jam. Yeah. There. Other yeah. than nature, that's the other times I feel great. Mm-hmm. So, nice. yeah. Oh. I can see how that would incorporate into your work with children mm-hmm. and just being a really good mom. I always envied moms that could sing their kids mm-hmm. to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. if I want my children yeah. to wake up, I would start singing to them because they'd be like, <laughs> oh, no, the pain. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. The cat's crash. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. What's that yowling? Get out of that bed or I'm going to sing to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. No rats. All right. <laughs> That's really nice. Do you write songs about your your little one, Jasper? I haven't. I've tried. About you've tried. I've tried, but nothing. He's a work in progress. So have you yeah. written for him? Have you sorry? Have you written for him? Um. No, I guess not. I mean, I I also can just come out with a song in two seconds. Yeah. So oh, I'm you're just, one of those. I just kind of sing, people. and stuff comes out. So you just so sing. I'm, I'm just I sing with him it's all like the time. It's like being a musical. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I just spontaneously burst into song music. all Dancing, the time. Oh yeah. A bunch of people with top. It's always interesting when I'm home. Yeah. yeah. We did that for a <laughs> week <laughs> with Patrick because he was anti musicals, mm. like really mm-hmm. anti musicals. Like if we even tried to sing hum a few bars, he'd get all upset. Yeah. So Finnan and I decided that he announced to us. Patrick announced. Oh. That's not real. People don't just spontaneously bring in a song, break in a song. And my son and I looked at each other and we smiled. We will now. And we're going along, we're doing dishes, and we just started to sing about what we were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a very musical person, so I'm sure it was quite monotone and bad singing. But who cares? We just did it. We did it for about a week. not really good parenting, (laughs) for those that are wondering. It was awesome parenting. (laughs) I think it's perfect. It was awesome. (laughs) Now the man does not complain about musicals, do you, Patrick? No. 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 No um, way. Love it. Love it. Want more. Great. He learned the hard way. Yeah. Don't complain. Don't complain. Well, I don't know if it was done for fun or out of spite. Well, a little spite. from column A. It was fun column spite. B, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like an herbal tea. You need a little bitter to go with the sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is now I'm more interested in musicals. So Yeah. yeah. Hmm. See, I told you, people do spontaneously break into songs. It's, it's really mm-hmm. true. No, I just... I love the fact that you can lyricize the dialogue now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that before, and I think I like the newer, more modern musicals. I just got yeah. burnt out of, you know, the what, Seven Brides, Seven Brothers, Oklahoma, oh, right. yeah. all of that stuff from the 50s. The music, and, man, was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not your favorite. No, so I, well, that was, that was what was on, mm-hmm. and it was constantly um, played. Oh, your mother and then, loved that stuff. And my mom. Oh, I'm sure. She loved it. That generation, for she sure. really. Mm-hmm. And she's house, a very theater yeah. type of person. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. stopped when mm-hmm. Seven Brides came oh, out. Yeah. Every Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in Anything Goes and Little Shop of Horrors in high school. Nice. Oh. So right. Wow, that's how you started um, your climb to stardom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you went to college. Mm-hmm. 
And what did you study in college? Anthropology, archaeology. Oh, nice. Did you do any theater? I did. I didn't even major or minor in it, but I couldn't stay away from it. So I took acting one through five all through college. and Fun. Now I'm kind of mourning it because I don't do it anymore. And oh. the little I, one will get a little older and it will come back. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I, I can't really say I'm an actor anymore because I haven't done it in like 10 years. No. <laughs> well, camp you know, skits. I guess true. You know, one of your teachers told me once mm-hmm. a long time ago mm-hmm. that just because you're not doing it currently mm. doesn't mean that you aren't still that. that. So at the time okay. I was not writing because I had a little one who was right. really, I just, I wasn't writing anything, mm-hmm. you know, no fiction at all. And yeah. she said, and I was, feeling bad. And she said to me, you know, you were a writer before you wrote for many years. You'll do it again. Right now, it's just moving around in the back of your brain. Mm -hmm. And she was actually right. I mean, when I did pick it up the pen again, I found that my writing skills had jumped radically rather than like sitting and rusting that whole time. Interesting. Things had really transformed and changed and I was writing far better than I had been before. She's so mature now. So mature. So mature. (laughs) okay (laughs) well thank you so much for being on the show with us and sharing your stories yeah i appreciate it thank you and so people can get a hold of you i i can see the whole earth nature school.com you've got your camps there and then you have feral botanicals you have your own blog yep and on this blog there's a cute little documentary about you Mm -hmm. a video that a, a person doing a school project did which I highly recommend to our audience, and it is called A Forgotten Piece, a Forgotten Piece Documentary About My Life as a Herbalist is the way you describe it. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole bunch of stuff on there, too, how to make willow bark medicine. And there's – if you have an interest also, um, we – on our website will have that lilac piece that you mentioned yeah. with yep. that That's wonderful picture. Yeah, Perfect. It's, yeah. it's a shorter version of a longer version that Anna mm-hmm. has on her website so, and there will be a cross link. Yes, most definitely. So uh, are there any other ways that people can get a hold of you? That's great. It's through the your, website, yeah. You're singing awesome. the mm-hmm. Reverb Nation. Reverb well, Nation. Yep. And I'm also on Facebook. You're right. Oh, yes. Yeah. page. It's A-N-A Bradley. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to look at the links that um, we've mentioned here, we have them in our show notes on thepracticalherbalist.com. And uh, we also, you can get a hold of us at The Practical Herbalist via Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Well, on Instagram, we have the hashtag The Practical Herbalist. Right. Folks are very welcome, in fact, encouraged to post there, post pictures of your herbal adventures there. And then you can also find Candace, find me through Instagram um, as Candace Hunter, and I can make sure you're connected with The Practical Herbalist. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? Twitter? Oh, no. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm the, the, Twitter. the Twitter. I'm the Twitter problem. But yeah. you can you can <laughs> contact both the practical herbalist and myself and Patrick, I believe, on on Twitter. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can get a hold of us and please do. We we really welcome and respond to feedback. Um sometimes we get a big catalog of questions that right now are about are it's about the size of us of a book. It's gonna that be a we show. Have. It's gonna yeah, be its gonna own to show, trying to, show. But we chip away at them. And again, just just let us know if you have any other questions or any suggestions. And um, anytime you want to tell us how wonderful we are, we love hearing that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'd love wow. to hear how wonderful I am. Yeah. And don't forget about our books, remember? Right. We yeah. Gotta, we gotta have talk e-books. about ebooks on yes. Amazon. We have a slew of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one big thing I wanted to mention uh, today was uh, we have uh, 
a funding source on Podbean mm-hmm. where yes. people can support us. Yeah. And occasionally we'll get a supporter. Today we got one. Yay. Yay. Right. And he actually wrote a comment. He said, hello, practical herbalists. I listened to one of your real herbalism radio podcasts tonight and I plan on listening to others until I get caught up. You're really putting a lot into the practical herbalist and it looks great. This is from Joe Borsma and he uh, sponsored us for $5 a month. Thank nice. you, Joe. Through, through Podbean. So we thank you. Yeah, that's really nice. That feels good. Well, thank you again, Anna, for being thank here. Thank you. I appreciate it. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated health care for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Visit their site at occupy-medical.org.